Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Radio presented by betonline.ag on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber, on a very sad day today as we mourn the passing of the greatest of all time, the diminutive Weeble himself, Diego Maradona, passing at the age of 60 uh, to a heart attack this after surviving what was a near scare just a couple of weeks ago with uh, bleeding on the brain. Diego succumbing today apparently to a heart attack in his hometown. Very sad indeed. Uh, I'm going to spend some time today talking about Diego Maradona, why I think he is the greatest of all time. And I know we can have arguments. These are always great arguments to have. But let's talk about that. Let's also look at today's Champions League results, see how I did on my picks. A couple of surprises today. Let's take a gander at the Champions League and see where everything stands. We are presented to you by betonline.ag. And with the NFL season, the Premier League, the Champions League, all the European leagues in full swing, while you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Uh, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino, but never closes. Uh, bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. And again, if you're going to bet, and I will be talking about some of the odds uh, on some of the matches, particularly on Fridays when we do our Premier League preview, uh, those odds, of course, courtesy of betonline.ag. Uh, remember, folks, uh, bet uh, make betting a pastime and not a lifestyle. Uh, then you'll be ahead of the game. All right, I'd like to welcome our men and women in uniform around the world, listening courtesy of the American Forces Network. Thank you for joining me here. I'm with you each and every weeknight from 6 p.m. Pacific, that's 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern on Sports Overnight America. We bring you the best of the beautiful game. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Okay, I'm going to step aside, take my take a break, gather my, uh, my thoughts, and uh, when we come back, let's talk about Diego Armando Maradona. <laughs> Welcome back. That's the Stranglers and No More Heroes. Welcome back to World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. I thought that was an appropriate song to uh, bring in this segment because to, uh, this segment, let's talk a little bit about uh, the sad passing of a man who, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time ever to play the game of football. Uh, I'm talking about the now, sadly, the late, great Diego Armando Maradona. Uh, and debates will rage. Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. And I'm going to tell you why I think Maradona is and for the foreseeable future will be the greatest player ever. So let's start with 
Let's start with looking at the man who is probably considered uh, by many to be the, his biggest challenger uh, for that title, or in fact, uh, the title for which Maradona is challenging, depending on which side of the fence you are on. And of course, we're talking about Pele. Pele, who had an absolutely storied career as a footballer, uh, both with uh, Santos and with Brazil. Pele, in many respects, is the sort of uh, the most well-known name, I think, in global football, uh, who's now 80 years old, uh, Mr. Pele, and, uh, you know, happy to say that he's uh, um, doing fine. The winner of three World Cups, 58, 62, and 70. Uh, the winner of, what, five or six uh, uh, Brasileiros with, uh, with Santos. Um, he did play uh, to the, come to the United States and play with the Cosmos. But the thing that always strikes me about Pele is that, uh, first of all, Pele of a different era of football than Maradona. Maradona, who sort of burst onto the stage in 1977 um, <clears throat> as a, what, a 17-year-old. I think at 16, he made his first appearance for Argentina. The thing that strikes me when I compare these two players is not which one is more talented than the other. Because, I mean, at this point, it's an embarrassment of riches. These are two of the greatest players ever to touch a ball. I mean, that's just a fact. But when I look at the era in which Pele played, and I looked, first of all, he played in Brazil for Santos. Well, you know, look, no disrespect to Santos in the, uh, in the Brasileiro. The Brasileiro was a good league, but it certainly wasn't a big, massive league. It wasn't one of the best leagues in the world. And the fact that they dominated for six years between 61 and 68, you know, it's really just testament to how dominant within, how big of a fish in a small pond uh, Santos were in that league at that time. I, it's somewhat like, akin to the discussion we have about PSG, for example, in Syria. The thing that makes Pele stand out and why people point a, f a finger and say he is the, the GOAT is because of the three World Cups he won in 58, 62, and 70. But the point that I would like to make is that for me, Diego Maradona, who only won one World Cup, with, uh, and that was with Argentina in 86. He went to the finals uh, the next time around uh, with them, uh, losing to Germany. But if you look at the players that surround Pele, if you think about the players that were on with Pele in that World Cup team, we're talking about uh, Rivellino, Jorginho, uh, Carlos Alberto, Tostao. I mean, you know, uh, these are some of the greatest players of their era to play the game. Pele was in a loaded team. I would challenge you right now to tell me how many players were on Diego Maradona's World Cup teams of 86 and 90. And I'm telling you right now, you look at that, the support that Maradona has on those teams was far less. If you look at Maradona's success that he had while he was at Napoli. He took Napoli from essentially obscurity, okay, to two Serie A titles, 86, 87, then again in 89, a Coppa Italia, a UEFA Cup, an Italian Super Cup in 90, 
one player, and again, I would challenge you to tell me how many other players were on the Napoli team between, say, 84, 85, and 90 for that five-year period that were anywhere near it. Keep in mind, Maradona was a midfielder. 188 appearances for Napoli, 81 goals. Think about that for a minute. 188 appearances for Napoli, 81 goals. 60 appearances for the Argentine national team, 24 goals. And that's in competitive matches. We're not even counting friendlies, okay? And when I talk about the Napoli goals, I'm talking about league appearances. I'm not talking about cups. I mean, he made 45 uh, cup appearances for Napoli and scored 29 goals. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's ludicrous, right? <laughs> it's unbelievable. And on top of which, he scored one of the greatest goals you'll ever see, and that, of course, was uh, the goal against England in the World Cup. And no, I'm not referring to the hand of God goal. I'm referring to the goal where he single-handedly dribbled around every single English player and put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, Diego Maradona was the first football superstar in what I like to call the modern age of football. The athletes were better. The games were faster. The rules were slightly different. Certainly there was more travel. The game was by far much uh, more international. E even, you know, on the club side, going to Italy and playing for Napoli and taking a crap team with bad players around him to winning, uh, to, uh, to, to, to winning the Scudetto twice, to taking a, 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 an, an Argentine team with a bunch of obscure players and winning the World Cup and then nearly doing it again. And, and yes, we can look past his flaws as a man. Yes, we can look past the drug addiction, the alcoholism, the, uh, crazy, uh, the crazy actions. And by the way, don't forget, he managed the Argentine national team afterwards all the way to the semifinals of the World Cup. Diego Maradona, a legend of the game. The man was like a weeble. He wobbled, but he didn't fall down. He was 5'4", five 5'5", four, five four five, five six, kind of wide in the hips, very low slung. This is a guy who would absolutely never flop down if shot by, like he was shot, shot by a sniper's bullet. This is a man that got elbowed and jostled and hit, and he stayed on his feet because he knew he could put the ball in the back of the net with that sublime shot. Diego Maradona, a pleasure, a joy, an honor to watch on the pitch when he played. And you can see, if, if, you're, if you haven't seen Maradona at his best, go online. You can see tons of his performances. A terribly sad loss at the age of 60 years old. I'm just happy we still have Pele with us at 80. But that, for me, is why he is the greatest. Because of the era in which he played, the impact for the teams, both national and club, that he had, that he personally made, with a much weaker support staff than, than Pele had. And he did it in the modern era, with different rules, different pace, different type of athletes playing the game. That, for me, is why Diego Maradona is the greatest of all time. And yes, he may at some point be eclipsed by the likes of Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or Haaland or whoever 
It may be. And we can judge uh, Messi and Ronaldo uh, where they stand in the all-time pantheon of greats uh, once their careers are over. Until that time, it's unfair. Unfair on them, unfair on Maradona, unfair on Pele. Let's wait until the careers are over and then evaluate. But we suffered a great loss in football today. A great, great loss, far before his time. We mourn the loss of Diego Maradona, but the remember the joy he brought us. He truly made it the beautiful game. I'll be right back. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports, the American Forces Network, iHeartRadio, tune in. And should you be so unfortunate as to miss any part of this show during its regular airing, you can always catch us on our podcast. I'm talking about our podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V where you can not only catch this great football show, and it is great because it's my show and uh, I'm entitled to say that, uh, but we have a lot of other great uh, programming as well on the network, uh, including the BSI, the podcast, which is hosted by former and current USL and MLS players, Benny Failhaber, Sal Ciso, and uh, Ike Opara. Uh, that's a great show. Of course, Shep Messing, Daily Cast. Uh, Shep with the uh, talk in New York football, of course, talking about the New York Red Bulls, and I'm wondering um, why you haven't subscribed yet. You can find us wherever you download your podcast, whether that's Apple or Spotify or whatever it is, you can find the podcast there. All right, well, we just wrapped up uh, this weekend in the Champions League. We're going to take a look at my picks, see how I did, and take a brief look at some Premier League matches. We'll do this in the next segment coming up. Uh, but I don't want to get into the full preview. We will, of course, be doing that Friday along with uh, picks and odds and all of the other good stuff. Well, today we had eight games to choose from, and it seemed like I was kind of a shoe in for most of these because they seemed uh, like good, solid picks. So uh, starting off with Group B, we had Borussia Mönchengladbach against Shakhtar Donetsk. I picked Borussia Mönchengladbach to win, and they did indeed win at four goals to nil. I said, take the over. It was over three. Uh, we, we got the over, and we got the win for Borussia. So big plus there for us on both of those. Olympiacos, uh, Man City. Uh, that was a win. And that's not a Group B. That's a Group uh, C game, by the way. So let's go to the other one. Inter, Real Madrid. I actually had that one as a draw. Real uh, went to Italy and won that 2 nil. So I crapped out on you there. I apologize. Um, I said Man City were going to go to Greece and beat Olympiacos, and they did. So that was a plus there. I said Bayern Munich were going to womp Red Bull Salzburg, which they did uh, by a scoreline of four goals to nil. So that's another plus there. I said Atletico were going to beat Lokomotiv Moscow, and that was a draw, which was actually a big surprise on that result. Uh, so that was a uh, crap out there. Uh, Marseille-Porto. I said Porto were going to go to France and beat Marseille, and they did. So I got that one. Uh, Ajax, Midland. I said Ajax were going to beat Midland, and uh, unsurprisingly, they did. Three goals to one. And then the sad one was I said Liverpool were going to beat Atalanta in, in, at Anfield, and they did not. Atalanta shocked the Reds two goals to nil, winning that game away from home. So 
I got uh, three, four, five right and three wrong. The day before, I got seven. Uh, I got five. I got seven of eight. So this time, I got five of eight. So let's see. Out of sixteen, that's I got thirteen. Is that right? No, I got uh, so one, two, three, four. So I got twelve out of sixteen. Uh, I got six out of eight, therefore that's uh, three. I got seventy-five percent on my Champions League picks. You see, my math is uh, spectacular, isn't it? All right, so I got seventy-five percent on my Champions League picks. That's pretty good. Uh, two weeks ago, I got seventy-five percent on my Premier League picks. Uh, last week, I got sixty percent. So if you follow me, folks, you should be doing pretty well because. Uh, uh, you know, I am the sage, the oracle, and of course I'm saying all of that with a big smile on my face because uh, uh, some of these are pretty obvious picks, but some of them were good ones. All right, well, let's get to it, and let's look at the groups as we stand right now. Group A in the Champions League has Bayern Munich. Uh, they're out. They're, they're gone to the next round. 12 points, uh, perfect. Four wins, uh, no draws, no losses, 15 goals in four games. Uh, and uh, only four goals conceded. So uh, Bayern uh, moving forward with a romp. The, the big surprise here, though, is Atletico, because Atletico now have only won one game in four. And look who's in their group. It's Lokomotiv Moscow and Salzburg. One might think that Atletico might do better than that. But, and right now they're only leading Moscow by three points. So I think this group is, is, is kind of in the air. And, and one of those games is going to be in Spain against Bayern Munich. And the other is going to be away in Austria. Those are the two uh, games they have left. Lokomotiv are playing, uh, still have to play Salzburg at home and Bayern away. The question is going to be, what team does Bayern put out when they play for example Salzburg who is no way Salzburg are advancing they only have one point it's next to I mean it's not impossible okay but it's unlikely I'm tempted to think it's going to be Bayern Munich Atletico but then I look and I see Atletico have only scored f a goal a game in four games and they've actually conceded more goals than Lokomotiv who have the same uh, scoring rate so this one's up in the air, folks. I'm not going to make a. I'm not going to make a prediction. Who is going to win this game, uh, Atletico, or who's going to come out? Sorry, second in, in Group A, Atletico or Locomotive? Uh, I don't know yet. That's uh, definitely going to be a crapshoot. Uh, on the other side, uh, with only six points left, it's almost a shoe in that it's going to be uh, Real Madrid in second uh, or first, and Mönchengladbach coming out again. Mönchengladbach, 14 goals in four games, and they've only conceded a goal again. That's four, over four goals again average. And again, this is a group with Borussia Mönchengladbach, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Inter. This is the group of death, and Borussia Mönchengladbach, top of the table, sitting pretty, although Real Madrid now, after their win against Inter today, 3-2, uh, 2-0, pardon me, away in um, uh, in Italy, uh, pushing them for that top spot. Uh, this is who Mönchengladbach still have to play Inter in at Borussia Park in Mönchengladbach, and they're going to be playing Madrid 
away at the <laughs> in Madrid. That it could come down to the very final game of this group. December the 9th, it could come down to the group stage here, the Mönchengladbach-Madrid game in Madrid to decide who's going to come out top of this group. Um, I don't think Shakhtar are going to get out of this group. They played well. They've been a surprise. They still have to play Inter in Italy, and I think they're going to get on the wrong side of that one. And um, they also have to play uh, Madrid in Kiev. If they can get a result there, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to set this group up in a much more interesting fashion. But having said that, I do think it's going to be uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Madrid coming out one and two, uh, probably in that order, but we'll wait and see. Uh, City are through to the next round. Uh, so are Porto through to the next round in Group C. There's very little ambiguity left in that group whatsoever. Um, you know, for me... I think the biggest disappointment has to be Olympic Marseille. They have not scored a goal. And again, look who's in their group. Forget Man City for a minute. They got Porto. They got Olympiacos. They have a couple of teams where maybe they wouldn't beat them, but they could certainly and should certainly score some goals. They have yet to score a single goal. They've conceded nine goals in four games, haven't put one in the back of the net yet. They've lost all four games. It's a real disappointment. I thought this group might be interesting, but it's really not. And poor old Marseille still have to play City <laughs> at the Etihad, and they've got to go to the Estadio Dragao and play Porto in Portugal. Nope, pardon me, they're not. They're hosting, my bad, that was Man City. They're hosting, uh, they're hosting Olympiacos at home. Maybe they can get some goals there. Maybe they can get a win. Maybe they can save some face. Uh, we'll have to wait and see because right now, uh, Marseille looking like a bit of an AYSO team playing in the Premier League the way they are looking, and that is not good for French football at all. Okay, let's move on to Group D, uh, Liverpool. Ajax, Atlanta. Well, folks, the win today... Well, first of all, Ajax's uh, win over Midland is... Uh, Midland are done and dusted. They were done and dusted before this. Another team, by the way. They only scored two goals in four games, and they did concede 11. Pretty shocking stuff there. Um, Atlanta's win over Liverpool blows this group wide open right now. There's still six points to play for. Liverpool are sitting at the top with nine. But right behind them is Ajax and Atlanta, and goal differential, uh, two for Ajax, one for Atlanta. This group is wide open. Let's look at who has to play who still uh, uh, before, uh, before the group is over. Uh, Liverpool are going to host Ajax at home. They better hope they put on a better performance at home against Ajax than they did at Atlanta. So now... Jurgen Klopp does not have the luxury of resting players in the Champions League, which is what he should have been doing. He should have fielded a stronger squad today. He should have had better tactics. The team should have been better prepared for today's game. Today's loss I put down to both the players and to Jurgen Klopp. Nobody, nobody 
escapes blame for today. And now the fact that Liverpool have to come out and feel big squads and play hard for the next two Champions League games. Hey, Jürgen, no complaining about the leagues or Sky Sports. You've got no one to blame on that one but yourself. All right, I've got to go to break. I'll be right back with more World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you on a day where we mourn the passing of the greatest of all time, uh, Diego Maradona. I would love to hear from you. What does? What are your memories of Diego? What are your thoughts about his passing? Send me a tweet at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I'd love to hear what your take is on it. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. You know, I remember him playing... like it was yesterday and that 1986 world cup keep in mind 1982 uh, england fought a war with argentina over the falkland islands and this was payback for argentina both the cheeky hand of god goal that seemed to suggest maybe to Argentinians, and I'll, I'll have my friend Andres, who lives in Buenos Aires, Argentinian born and bred. Uh, maybe we'll get some of Andres' take about this. But it was, it was the cheek of it. It was the sheer audacity. And then, of course, the hand of God goal on the one side, and then that absolutely sublime display of skill on the other. It was very much the two sides of Diego Maradona. But for Argentines everywhere, that result provided, it was almost a cathartic moment. And if you want to know why Diego Maradona is worshipped in Argentina, that is why. If you want to know why Diego Maradona is worshipped in, in Naples, in Napoli, well, just look at what he did for Napoli. For the same reason that, by the way, Pele absolutely worshipped at Santos because he put that club on the map. A terribly sad day. To the point that by 94, Maradona had almost become a parody of himself. Slightly overweight, unhealthy, uh, obviously got kicked out of the World Cup for um, uh, taking some uh, for, for drugs. By the way, just want to be clear. Maradona was not thrown out of the World Cup because he took performance-enhancing drugs, okay? Maradona was actually kicked out of the World Cup because he was taking a natural weight loss supplement as an attempt to control his ballooning weight. Yes, he had a cocaine problem, <laughs> absolutely, but that's not what he got nabbed for at the World Cup. There's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of, uh, you know, stories <coughs> roiling around out there about, you know, Maradona and the 94 World Cup. But that was it. And yeah, Argentina were eliminated in the second round. Was it? Yes. But I remember it was it. Yeah, it was the second round. They eliminated by Romania. And uh, 
it was a terribly embarrassing moment. I, I think he only played in two games in the 94 World Cup. And, and, and if you remember, uh, if you were in the U.S. in 94, you will remember that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, Maradona's appearance in the U.S. was a large part of the hype surrounding the World Cup in 94. So for him to go out and, be, uh, and basically be thrown out and sent home and only score one goal, only play two, it was... Uh, Terribly embarrassing for both the organizers of the World Cup and for Maradona himself. And, and, and many people have, have, have said quite rightly that it took Maradona a long time to actually recover from the embarrassment of what happened to him in 94. He did go into management. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to talk also about the 90 World Cup. Because... He lifted the World Cup in 86 as the captain. In 90, he was the captain again. He had a little injury here. I think it was his ankle, okay? And he, he didn't really make as much of an impact as he did before. And they almost went out in the first round. They only came out in third position in the group. But they made it somehow to the final in Rome, losing 1-0 to West Germany. And uh, that was a penalty. Yet somehow, in 1990, he still took this team to the finals of the World Cup. And that is an incredible feat. From a management perspective, yeah, in 94, he we went into management and he married, he managed a couple of Racing and a, some team and God knows where they were in the, in the Argent, in, in the league. But then he managed Argentina for two years. He went to the Middle East. And then he came out and he married, and he was m managing uh, Gimnasia La Plata up until his death in 2020. So I don't know, we're getting back on the Maradona story and the Maradona saga, but to be fair, um, I, I just can't believe that we have passed this milestone. Because w with Ray Clements passing, what was it, just last week, and Maradona today, uh, the, the sort of massive players that I remember and certainly I remember Maradona as an adult, where Ray Clements, I mean, I was much younger when he was playing, although I do remember him playing. But I mean, for me, Maradona, I remember playing just as of like yesterday. I remember Maradona playing like people today remember Messi and Ronaldo, think of Me Messi and Ronaldo playing. We're losing legends, folks. We're losing people that defined the game. And it's a great opportunity to look back at those things and not focus in on the unseemly. And look, we can talk about <laughs> Maradona's crazy side all we want. But we're talking about football. He didn't rape anyone. He didn't murder anyone, okay? He was self-destructive. He had some... He had demons. I mean, we can... Uh, 
talk the same way about Pete Rose, who's still very much living. I feel the same way. Let's not talk about the downside of Pete Rose. Let's not talk about his demons. Let's not talk about what he did that was so quote unquote wrong. Although Pete Rose, you know, well, I suppose it does kind of uh, make there is an a, 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 an equation to make here because yeah, I mean Pete Rose was has been banned from the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame because of what they said he did while he was a baseball manager, yet not a player. And, you know, Maradona's, most of his negative press has come from what he did as a, uh, you know, a, a, off the field. Although you could say that getting thrown out of the 94 World Cup was, you know, a blight and a black eye. It was, but it wasn't like he was, like Pete Rose, not betting on his team. Maradona was not taking cocaine. He wasn't taking performance enhancing drugs. There was a serious controversy about what got him thrown out of the, the World Cup. Um, and he thought that he had dispensation from FIFA to take this medicine, which was a natural weight loss medicine, which he did take and he did get thrown out. So when we talk about Maradona and you see the pictures of him with Fidel Castro and giving the middle fingers to the camera, look, Maradona was one of these guys. He grew up in nothing, grew up nowhere. who got to the point in his life, uh, particularly with Napoli, he couldn't move without being mobbed. And I know, you know, lots of people think, oh, how great is that? You know, you're a superstar. People love you. People worship you. But, you know, people need their space and their privacy and their ability to carry on a life, particularly people who, like Maradona, were not that sophisticated. So make of it as you will. Very sad day. Uh, we've already done a whole segment on Diego. I just can't stop talking about it because... I just can't keep, f I, I, because I just can't forget what Maradona brought to the game. All right, let's get back to the Champions League. Just a couple minutes left. Talked about how Group D was wide open here. Group E, uh, it's Chelsea and Sevilla have gone through. Group F, it's uh, Borussia Dortmund and most likely Lazio going to go through. Uh, group G, uh, Barcelona are through already, as are Juventus. Uh, group H, Still wide open. Could be Leipzig, could be PSG, could be Man United. It's a game of musical chairs. One of these guys isn't going to go through. My thought is it's going to be Man United, PSG. And I'm trying to think, do United and PSG still have to play? I'm going to check that out. United play away in Austria against Red Bull Leipzig. And they are playing, uh, they have to play uh, at home against PSG. That's the game to watch, folks, on December the 2nd. That's the game that is going to decide that group. United-PSG is a huge game. I have to say that I am not a massive PSG fan. I want to be. They've certainly got great players, whether it's Neymar or Mbappe or whoever. Great, great players. Great team. Fun to watch. Perennial underperformers. This team has had a massive investment and have had disappointing and middling results in European football. It's because Ligue 1 is not a great league. And again, uh, you know, I, I will just bring you, uh, I will just refer you, please, if we're talking about Ligue 1 not being a great league, to the other participant, Marseille. Uh, no wins, no draws, four losses in four games, no goals scored, nine goals scored against. PSG only scored five goals in four in four games and have had four goals scored against them with all of that firepower in a tournament that is the most important tournament to this club. I suggest that this big investment 
in PSG has been an abject failure. And they better go deep. They better go to the finals this year. Otherwise, I don't see any way that PSG uh, continues its high-spending, high-powered ways. I think they will just, uh, once again, fade into the relative obscurity of Serie A. Of Serie A, excuse me, of La Liga. Oh, listen to me. Two mistakes in a row. Ligue 1. <laughs> it's, it's almost Thanksgiving. <laughs> the regular... The, relative obscurity of Ligue 1. This team has been a disappointment. There's just no two ways about it. A team that has been linked with every big player on the planet, that has massive superstars sitting on the team, that has seemingly an unending uh, pool of investment money that it can spend willy-nilly, has just underperformed. So watch PSG. Watch the desperation with which they start to play. Let's see. It's going to be interesting. By the way, they got great players. Love to watch them. When they're firing on all cylinders, they're great to watch. I would not be sad if PSG made a super deep run or maybe even made it to the finals. I do not wish them ill whatsoever. I have nothing against this club except the fact that the league they play in is far too weak to breed the type of team that can become a mainstay European powerhouse that they are hoping. Okay, I am going to give it up now because the segment's almost over. Uh, it's been fun talking about Diego, talking about the Champions League, even if I did have to take uh, three shots to mention that uh, PSG play in Ligue 1. They do not play in La Liga, nor do they play in Serie A. But, you know, hey, we got it. <laughs> Actually. All right, uh, I'm going to go to break. I'll be right back to wrap it up here on World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you. Um, as we wrap the show up, I wanted to take a brief peek because uh, Thanksgiving, I will not be on the air live. Friday um, afternoon, noon Pacific, three on the East Coast, Crystal Palace will be hosting Newcastle United for the first of our weekend Premier League fixtures, and uh, you may re may remember Crystal Palace just coming off uh, that loss against Burnley, and uh, Newcastle uh, Newcastle United are uh, coming off that loss against Chelsea. So that's going to be an interesting match. Some other ones, Liverpool going to travel to the Amex to play Brighton, uh, Man City uh, will be hosting Burnley. Everton will be hosting Leeds. West Brom ho hosting Sheffield United. And my goodness, what is going on with the Blades this season? Uh, they are winless, uh, losing their last outing against West Ham United. And then on Sunday, United-Southampton, uh, Arsenal-Wolves at the Emirates. And the big match of the weekend is undoubtedly going to be a London derby. It's Chelsea-Spurs at Stamford Bridge. Spurs sit on top of the table. Uh, Chelsea currently... Uh, sitting in third spot, that is going to be the fixture that uh, is going to have everybody's attention uh, this weekend. Um, so I will give you my patented pundit's predictions, and I will provide you with a few betting odds, what's good, what's bad, where you should maybe place wage, wager a few bob, courtesy of our sponsor, betonline.ag. Until that time, I hope everybody... 
uh, has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't get, uh, don't spread the disease. Try to stay socially distanced. Wear a mask. If you're going to drink, drink responsibly. If you're going to gamble, gamble responsibly and make it a little bit of entertainment and not a lifestyle. All right, I'll be back with you on Friday for the preview show. Till that time, have a great time. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And let's take a few moments uh, over the next day or two and just think about the great Maradona. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.